that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Brune, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing? Have you recovered from? The excursion in AT&T. Uh, getting there, getting there. Uh, it's funny after usually after uh, after state, we like to take it easy. But because of how state ended up this year, it was earlier, and so we still have signing day coming up uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so you know we've been taking it easier. But you know usually if this is another year, like nobody's in the office, nobody's doing anything. But uh, so yeah, we've been kind of having to having to uh readjust a little bit uh it was funny sunday the day out the first day after i was trying to okay do i go play basketball work you know go do something because i was yeah. been in you know just like in front of my computer at the stadium the whole time mm-hmm. and i woke up woke up late and i was like okay i think i can go do something today and then like i just sat down and started watching just like games for fun and i was like ah I'm not doing anything today. This is it's <laughs> like what, what was I thinking? That was stupid to think I was yeah. gonna actually get up and go do something. Yeah, I've been putting off. We have a lot of obviously signing day stuff, and I've just been putting it off. So now mm-hmm. it's all stacked on top of me. Now yeah. um, for this week, uh, last week we did for those who missed it, uh, we did a uh, in like early season all Texas team lists. It was very unofficial and tentative. But uh, mm-hmm. I think it was a good look at some of the top players in the state so far. So if y'all haven't checked that out, go give that a listen. Now we're back on the uh, the beaten path a bit. Now with the high school football season and everything over, we're a little bit back on schedule. And there are definitely some games I want to talk about specifically now that we're getting close to the conference season. I mean, mm-hmm. a week, two weeks away, really. Roughly, um, yeah. The whack, obviously, we've already, we talked about before, has already started. They said we're just going to get these games in whenever we can. Um, but I was in Houston over the weekend, and I was there uh, mostly, you know, to cover LSU. But uh, mm-hmm. it was LSU versus Texas, and then Houston versus Ale- uh, versus Texas A and M in the to- in the Toyota Center, and I was able to watch both of those games. So that's what I'm going to focus on. And I think that's mm-hmm. where I want to start. Um, I will start with Texas because they went first on Saturday. I uh, was able to yeah. get a uh, 96 to 85 win over LSU. It wasn't a surprising result. I expected Texas to win this game by double digits. It did. The offense came out and was excellent. Uh, Texas shot 60% in the first half. Everything was going in. There was really just, it was easy for them. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think this LSU team is as good as basically any team in the Big 12. So take take that for what it's worth. But still, uh, Texas offense was really impressive. You know, Tyrese Hunter, uh, 19 points. Max Aismas, 20. Uh, Dylan DeSue, his first game back, I believe, 17 points uh, in, in uh, how many minutes did he play? 20 minutes. He was in the postgame. Uh, that was my first time in a postgame press conference with uh, Rodney Terry and 
and them. And um, mm. yeah, so Rodney Terry was was talking about how uh, they want to work him back back in the fold and whatnot. But yeah, I thought he was really good. And overall, you know, 10 of 20 from three, 22 of 25 from the line, uh, 21 assists to 13 turnovers against a LSU defense that usually turns people over a little bit more. They they took care of the ball really well. So good showing from Texas. Um, and yeah, eight and two now on the year. Yeah, I think they get a they get a pretty good um, roll or runway into the Big Twelve. I think pretty yeah. three pretty easy games. Corpus Christi, uh, this is, Corpus yeah. Christi, UNC Greensboro, and UT Arlington. That's a yeah, so you know this is a game that, like you mentioned, I expected them to win pretty comfortably, but still, um, it was nice to actually see them do that. Right, they've had some hiccups here and there. We you know the the LSU game. I mean, not the LSU, the Louisville game. Um, was pretty shaky for them. I was very curious to see how, uh, how they dealt with Will Baker and he kind of got into foul trouble and they really mm-hmm. couldn't, you know, he didn't really get anything going really. Um, so that was, that was a little disappointing cause I would have liked to have seen how they handled somebody like that. Uh, but regardless, I, I, that's partially a credit to them, um, and getting him into foul trouble and kind of making them have to play other guys at uh, more minutes, like, you know, like Derek Fountain and Hunter Dean. So yeah. um, um the the defense was still I mean obviously you give up 85 points to an LSU team that um really I don't even know if they scored 85 points this year besides Mississippi right. Valley State uh Wake Forest in overtime scored 86 uh but other than that haven't scored 80 you know 80 points in a game so you give up 85 points in here um uh, especially in the second half where LSU scored was at 48 points I thought it was a real shaky performance, but that's kind of what we've expected from Texas, right? Uh, to kind of get into the, yeah. you know, the the macro level look at Texas, it's the offense is 23rd in the country. The defense is 59th. Like that is, they're going to be, they mm-hmm. have some personnel defensively. I like, like we've talked about it. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, Brock Cunningham, uh, Tyrese Hunter, but overall right now they are not a high level defense and they're yeah. going to have to outscore teams at this moment. So we'll see. They're going to, they're going to enter conference play at 11 and two once they win these next three games. And I still just, I'm not sure where they stack up in the big 12. I don't think they're a top five team and you have to kind of figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a, uh, there was a main event game, I guess you can say that people were kind of uh, looking forward to. Yes. Uh, yeah. We can just jump right to it. Uh, Houston and Texas A&M in, in Toyota center. I was, it's so funny because LSU, Texas, obviously LSU is not good at basketball, um, in mm-hmm. basketball that is right now. So I didn't expect them to bring anybody. But Texas, you know, maybe with the, the football team still playing and everything, maybe they were a little lethargic as well. And it was an early tip, 11 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. So th- that game was real quiet. The Houston A&M game, that was that felt like a main event game. I was about to say, that felt like a tournament game. That felt like okay. This is this has real impl- implications and real like stakes to it. And yeah. credit to the fans, man. They there were probably twelve plus thousand people in there, and mm. it was really evenly split. We were I was sitting with my dad in there. There were a And people right here. There were Houston <laughs> people back there, and Houston people getting annoyed at the a And M people for doing their chants. It was um <laughs> everything you could have asked for, and or, I mean. Mm, there's there's so many ways to approach this game. I said awesome. two weeks ago yeah. that Annan was the best team in Texas, and I think I was you know as soon as I said that they lost two of their three games, and it was an idiotic take at that point. 
But mm-hmm. in this game, I think I some of my concerns with Houston were kind of validated, even though they still won the game and they were the better team for a majority of the game. So it's just hmm. it's an interesting like give and take here where I think AM is really good. They just can't quite they're just a little inconsistent. Whereas Houston, you know what they are. And I have questions about Houston's ceiling, I think, a little bit more than I do like a normal number one team in the country. Yeah, I think I think for me, this game kind of to I agree. I I, I think I lean more in terms of like me being encouraged by AM from this game. Yeah. Um because I think that you look at the way they started and, you know, Houston came out, punched them in the mouth. What was it at halftime? 38, 23. Yep. Um, and then AM, like that, that's usually where Houston kind of just like suffocates games. Right? I literally told my, I turned to my dad. I was like, well, that's the thing about Houston, man. They don't, they don't let teams just come back. Uh, yeah. This is probably over. And then all of a sudden, boom, like, oh my God, like, oh, okay, here we go. Like, <laughs> um, Wade Taylor just goes completely off. I mean, and and the thing about it, and you were there, like he wasn't like getting these crazy open looks. Like Jamal Shedd was all over him, right? And he was just making tough runners, tough shots in the lane. And he just kind of like single-handedly willed that team back into it. And in a way that like it it kind of, you know, it, it kind of reinforces that he might be, like the top, the best player in the state right now, just in terms of his ability to to carry the team. Uh, for Houston, you know, uh, they lose Terrence Arsenal, which is going to be a massive yep. loss. They finished playing, what, seven total players. Their depth is going to be an issue um, without him. But I'm very fascinated if, like, a lot of this felt like very un-Houston in terms of, how much they were relying on the outside shot. Yeah, shot a lot of threes. And I was wondering, like, and I knew Emmanuel Sharp had Emmanuel Sharp came up big for them, right? He hit that big one late that kind mm-hmm. of put the game away. Um, but it was like it was very weird watching him and LJ Cryer just kind of like have that kind of a green light. And you know, granted, they they made them, you know, LJ Cryer was four of ten, he shot 40%. But like, I don't know, man. It was very weird watching like Houston do the whole like chuck and duck kind of thing where it's like oh there's a there's an ounce of space let me just shoot this up you know um and i think late i think as AM was making that comeback i think that kind of yeah. is what kind of bit them a little bit yeah it was houston i mean that was really the difference in the first half houston shot the ball at an incredibly high rate from three i was like yeah. are they gonna ever gonna miss in the second half right like you said they were missing AM. It didn't feel like until like late. It didn't feel like AM was like gonna make like a huge, huge run because you expected Houston to kind of get mm-hmm. it together. But then slowly but surely AM kind of walked Houston down, walked him down. And before you knew it, it was like a three point game. And um yeah, credit to AM for being resilient like that. I just wasn't I wasn't expecting AM to have the firepower because Way Taylor, yeah didn't start the game super high. And I just kept going back to what we, what we said is this team is only as good as Wade Taylor is like the offense mm-hmm. is only as good as what Wade Taylor makes it. And lo and behold, in the last like whatever, 10 minutes or so, he just was terrific. So um, I think we were validated in that point. Houston. I don't. Hmm. Okay. Cause like, 
I'm trying to think of old Houston teams, right? Sure. Quentin Grimes. I'm trying to think of like Taze Moore or whoever else, you know, go down the list of, of tough guards and stuff. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like they had to take as many threes. And as a result, like, they shot, like I'll say this, Houston shot 16 threes in the second half, right? They went six to 16. Um, what are they ranking three point attempts? So they're about, yeah, oh, they're in the they're in the top half of the country in three point attempt rate. They're not like overwhelmingly like top, you know, right. hundred or anything like that. They're one forty three, which is about on pace for where they've been the past few years. Um, mm-hmm. Except for what is this twenty twenty? They were two fifty sixth, but that was COVID shortened year. Um, it, but I do think the personnel like. Emmanuel Sharp and LJ Cryer, that's kind of what they're on the court to do, right? Like, I don't know how often they're scoring in these other ways. Like, LJ Cryer's taken twice as many threes as twos. Um, Emmanuel yeah. Sharp, same thing. He's taken twice as many. So, those guys, I do wish Damian Dunn could be a little bit more utilized. I think he does offer them a changeup in a sense. He gives mm-hmm. them something that... Um, Sharp and Cryer don't. I think he is a little bit more off the balance type guy, but he just hasn't been yeah. efficient enough yet. They don't really trust him. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with that. I think for me, I come away with this game encouraged by AM and kind of I say the same about Houston. I, yeah. I, I think that the comeback, I don't want to say like, oh, Houston's, you know, they're they're broken. They're gonna let teams come back. I think like AM might just be that good. Like, I don't think they were uh, unranked good uh bad. No, like I don't think this team should have been unranked, right? Um, I mean, they should based off the resume, but what I'm saying is, you know, I think they're, they're a top 25 they're team in the country, right? 100. Um, and I know they lost to Memphis heading into this game, so that didn't help as well. So, like, yes, I, I agree that, uh, or at least I see this as more of AM being as good as we thought than in Houston. I think being on par, you know, not necessarily far and away like ken palm has them number one right now um i think you know based off everything we've seen sure there's no reason to not have them there but um i don't necessarily see them as like the the far and away best team as kind of the ratings have them right now in in the state yeah it, they're they're a real fascinating team houston is a very they are, fascinating they are. Team. i'm interested to see them versus the lights of kansas and baylor and iowa state and it was um, weird like when when houston needed a bucket it was like a three or like a Jawan Roberts post up, yeah. They're going was, to Roberts. It, it a did lot. get to like, yeah. I was like, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know how much I like that. So that'll be something to watch. Um, you know, and again, the Big Twelve play because this is the last test for the for them really until they get to Big Twelve play. Um, but yeah, that was that was a little interesting. Where I was like, all right, they need a basket. They're going some weird options. Yeah, Houston versus Texas State on Thursday ish. Oh, that's that's the test right there. You ready? <laughs> Where is this game at? Hold on. It says semi home. Oh, it's at the Toyota Center again. Is that also Toyota? No, 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 no. It's at home. Sorry. I was about, it's at home. I was about to say. Like, I was like yeah. playing back to back. Texas State um, has, uh, they're too busy lighting up uh, Jarvis Christian and Letourneau. So, hey, they all count as wins. They do they all count as wins. Hey, a win over Sam Houston State? Seven they, did have a, they did actually look pretty good against Sam Houston State. Uh, they're, they're getting healthier. They're still not healthy, but they're getting healthier. And uh, Dylan Dawson looks like a guy for them. So, yeah. yeah that's a win. I guess, like I said, I called it at the beginning of the year. Fun, not good, but fun. <laughs> that's a that's a good win. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you want to talk about this random beatdown on Fox that, that was <laughs> over the weekend? Oh, Lord. 
I didn't have it written down, but yeah, we could talk about it. Michigan State 88, Baylor 64. Uh, look, Michigan State went in, they were in the, up at the half 45 to 17. And admittedly, I was at the state championship, so I didn't see all this game until afterward. But I looked down, I was like, I saw like 17 to 2 or 17 to like yeah. 5 or something. I was like, huh? Wait, hold on, what? And all I saw was my friend saying uh, on Twitter, Actually, no, the, sorry, the score was 36 to 11 was the exact score that I looked down at. Um, and I just remember looking, I, I one of uh, Deontay Epps, who hosts, who hosts uh, uh, Between Two Bears, is like, cool, I just, I never put Baylor on Fox ever again, because apparently Baylor just gets blown out on Fox. Um, but he, this, they just got ran out of the paint. Michigan State shot 63% from the field, 66% from three. They only took 12 threes because they didn't really need to take that many. Um and Baylor had nothing for 21 turnovers. And it was just like, I don't, I have no idea. My question to you is what do we take from this game? Because Michigan state hasn't exactly looked great. Nope. And Baylor, this is literally Baylor's first loss of the year. Baylor ended the game. Like you said, first of all, Michigan state shoots 63% from, from two um, yeah. and eight of 12 from three. Baylor did not have a single block in this game didn't block a shot had 21 turnovers uh 13 assists and had six of its shots blocked um Mm -hmm. i do not want to overreact but i will overreact to this next game baylor plays duke on a neutral site Mm. in madison square garden if baylor lays another egg then i will i will start ringing the bells the end is near because this is now back-to-back years where the defense yeah. is not where it needs mm. to be. This is now back-to-back years where you are reliant on an offense that I like the pieces of this offense, but now mm. it's, all right, we're relying on freshmen. Again, really for the third straight year, We're because Sohan and Kendall Brown team two, two years yeah. ago. Um, but yeah, Yves Massey, Jacoby Walter, we're, we're relying on those guys to make up for the fact that maybe our upperclassmen aren't quite where they need to be, right? Where Jalen Bridges mm-hmm. and Langston Love, um, those guys maybe aren't where, you know, we've talked about Caleb Lohner and, and uh, Josh Hojanwuna and those guys, but like yeah. those, they're not quite where we need them to be. Jaden Nunn um, to this point in the year hasn't been like a dynamic score for them. So overall, I, I need to see this Duke game. This Duke game is the one I'll be locked in on more than anything because – you can have one blip, but yeah. if you're really a Final Four contender, even heck, if you're a if you're a Sweet Sixteen contender, you don't get blown out and then go back and play Madison Square Garden and get beat by Duke, like or at least not blown out by Duke. You need to at least have some sure. resilience here. Yeah, the one thing, yeah, it was. I think it was like the way they got beat because like they were just getting run out of the paint, like straight up. Like it was transitions, it was turnovers and like 2v1s. Like Michigan State was throwing alley-oops. And it was like, that. It, it, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm heavily leaning towards, you know, just scrap the tape, burn the tape basically. Because um, like you just don't see Baylor getting beat like that. Like Houston and Baylor are teams that you just don't see getting run out like that. Um, but yeah, if, if the Duke game is going to be very interesting because yeah, if this happens again, not necessarily to this extent, but if this happens again, yeah, then I'm starting to raise questions. Because, like I said, Michigan State was 
23rd in Kempom, which again, they've started six and five. Um, they lost, they lost to James Madison, Duke, Arizona, Wisconsin, Nebraska. So like good teams, but like not exactly world beaters so far this year. Trying to figure out. Cause two years ago, like I said, like you had Sohan and Kendall Brown, but I still think that was a good team. Mm-hmm. That was obviously injuries ravaged that. We I was about to say that that one. I think that one was potentially a an elite eight team yeah. that just got. Yeah, we love that team. Awful luck. Yeah, we love that. Yeah. Team. Last year's team: Keontae George, Adam Flagler, L.J. Cryer, Jalen Bridges. That's Glenn, not glaring a, holes. Yeah, that's not a that's not a elite eight sweet six, or a final four team. This yeah. year, Ray J. Dennis, Jacoby Walter. Jalen Bridges, Jaden Nunn, Yzmasi. We'll see. I will. I don't. I'm not. We're obviously not writing them off yet. But I do think if this is a legitimate team that can be in the top four in the Big Twelve, then mm-hmm. you don't you don't get blown out twice. You don't get right, blown out twice right. by Michigan State and Duke. And I, I, you know, Duke is a they're a good. Duke's a good team. Michigan State is. Um, they're they're fine, but or they're, they're okay. Fine. But um, yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested to see. How it works. Separate point. Kim Palm feels yeah. like it's really off this year. Is that just me? I, I I don't know how few looked into. It. I kind of been just looking around. It's like BYU is like sixth or fifth or something like that. Um, yeah. It feels like they start. Games, they were really high on them to start the year. Yeah. It feels like these games against like bad competition where teams win by like forty are weighing quite a bit. Like Michigan State's twenty third, and they're six and five. And hmm, that is you know, interesting. The Baylor win bumped them up ten spots, so I'll give them that. But um, still, I yeah. think yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it's because like, for me, I think I mean BYU hasn't played like any close game, have they? Yeah. I mean, I know they beat, they lost to Utah with a weird blip. Um, yeah, I don't know. That is that is kind of weird because like Baylor's loss put them down to fifteen, which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they just maybe that was just that glaring of loss. I don't know. Um. That'll be something. That'll be something to keep track on. But yeah, I'm not too concerned about do, it. Um, do you have another game? Because I have a game here. That I, uh, I no. Go, you you can go ahead. I wasn't able to watch this game. I really hate that I wasn't able to watch this game. I'm, I, so I'm sorry I wasn't able to watch it. But <laughs> is is outstanding. Abilene Christian beats UTEP. Yes. On Joe Golden's return. We talked to Joe Golden before the year about this game, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You know, we're just gonna go go play the game." And 80, um, 80, what's what's up with the scoring in this game? Come on now. Yeah, I know. Well, it's first of all, we talked about it before. Though. We talked yeah. about this UTEP team before. How it it felt like the offense. I don't want to say it was like better because, like, statistically, it's not better, but it's faster. They're forty seventh in the country mm-hmm. in tempo. Oh, uh, last year they were one hundred eighty ninth. The year before that, two hundred ninth. So they're playing faster a bit mm-hmm. and Abilene Christian I we talked I talked about them after the Oklahoma State win to start the year I talked about them uh, on a couple of occasions uh, I actually kind of like their offense or at least their offensive personnel um, with Arian Simmons and Ali Abdul Diba and uh, Emmanuel Allen and all those guys so I'm not shocked at it being a high scoring game but is this like is this this is year three for Joe Golding right yeah, you're losing to Abilene yeah. Christian still. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I am curious. I mean, this is bad. I think part of it is this. This was, I mean, to me, this was the the, the reason why this one was bad is because the defense was bad. Yeah, like you know, the offense was fine, good enough to win. I think. I mean, they're not going to be the most. You know, they're not going to be running 
uh, the most efficient offense out there all the time. But I think the thing that he rests his laurels on is the defense, and that fell apart. I think, let's see, Abilene Christian had 34 points in the paint, 36 points off the bench, um, and they well, – see, not even that many turnovers. They 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 forced more tur- – I mean, yeah, they forced more turnovers. They forced but 23 they just turnovers, 15 yeah, steals. Yeah, and they lost. UTEP had 15 and steals lost. and lost the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, here it is right here. Uh, free throws. 48 free throws for Abilene Christian. Oh, this is, is a Tarleton State-ass game. <laughs> 48 free throws. Maybe I'm glad I didn't watch it actually. 48 Tay Hardy fouls out. Kevin Kalu fouls out. Looks like Corey Camper and Calvin Solomon had four fouls. Yeah. Holy oh, man. yeah. This is, oh my God. This is barely basketball. <laughs> 36 and 48 free throws in this game. You know what? No, I'm definitely rewatching this. I'm definitely going back and watching this game. Are you kidding me? Combined 38 turnovers, a combined 84 free throws, a combined. 24 oh offensive God. rebounds. Oh, it's hideous. This is uh But also, in addition to the free throws, like ACU shot 57% from the Exactly. You just cannot. You just cannot have. Um Yeah, so I how, that, that how that's is concerning it? is that Yeah. How is it? Okay, so when you when he took the UTEP job, when you're going mm-hmm. for Utah, it was, what was the biggest thing? It was like, all right, we can get athletes now. I mean, it's it's why any coach takes uh, a, a job. I was about to say, like he's up. able to get guys like Tay Hardy yeah, who's You're a good athlete? Uh, David Terrell out of high school. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. His team is like 140th in the country in in an average height on Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Abilene Christian's teams never, ever, ever are above like 340th. This year's team is 341st. Right. right. Um. So you're getting said athletes, and you play that team, Abilene Christian. You end the game with, albeit 15 steals, yes, but zero mm-hmm. blocks. As Abilene yeah. Christian goes 18 of 29 from two. So, what what are these athletes exactly doing besides fouling? Sure. Okay, you have the players now, and you have not been able like you defensively. You're a good defensive coach. We've established that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously just got worked by Abilene Christian, but at some point you have to turn it into all right. Our offense is not going to rank. 300th in the country anymore i mean right. literally two years ago when they had freaking sule boom and jamal Bienemy and keontae mm-hmm. kennedy and all those guys 219th in offense last year 287th in offense this year 306th in offense we're going backwards right yeah. now and so now and you're 84th in defense you can't even stop abilene christian the school you just left like this is that is an alarming loss. And if you look at it, they've lost five straight to Division One teams. And one of those includes AM Corpus Christi. And the other includes Abilene Christian. This yeah, is this is yeah. a, this is not good. So you have Yeah, their their two hundred their turnover percentage on offense ranks three forty eighth. Defensively, fourth. Great. Uh, but that if you turn the ball over, awesome. You can't it, that it becomes Tarleton State. And then, and then I was just about to say the free throw percentage, third, and then, and then defensively, three hundred sixtieth. They've turned into so Tarleton everything, State. Everything they've become good at, they can't do on there. They can't stop the other team from doing. So yeah, it's basically Tarleton State. 
Hold on, let's see where Charleston is now. Charleston's passed them up in Ken Palm, by the way. I was about to say, I, I think I just saw that they passed them up in Ken. Yeah, passed they have their offense right now. <laughs> I mean, Charleston's still doing Charleston things here where um, they're stealing the ball ninth in the country in steal percentage and 295. Yeah. So it, it's a similar thing. We need to see these two teams play each other. Someone set it up. Gillespie versus Golding. Uh, Tarleton versus UTEP. Talk about a game. So, honestly, right there. Uh, but anyways, I'm I'm concerned. That's a disturbing result for for UTEP. What do they got next before they go to conference? Who does UTEP have next? Uh, Norfolk and Seattle. Seattle's going to be a very fascinating one because Seattle can run them at the paint. Yeah, you used to be. That's a former whack game. Yeah. Oh well, Seattle has a good enough defense. To be able to run them at the paint, yeah. I think so. That that's going to be potentially concerning. Chicago State just beat Northwestern too. They have that as a non-conference game. I mean, when, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at this. I mean, I, I think it's a concern that I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, I don't. I think I should look at the schedule and be like, okay, win, 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 right? But I'm looking at it as like maybe win, kind of a win. Well, especially since they're in conference, they should be in now. trouble there. Like yeah. we're looking at them. No, I was about to say that's what I mean. For, it's the new conference USA, yeah. And you're still well behind Liberty and La Tech. Then Western and Sam have been pretty solid this year. And then like Jacksonville State is currently above you in Ken Palm. I still think Middle Tennessee yeah. is not a not a bad team, but yeah, are you like literally going to be bottom three in Conference USA this year? Yeah, because that's unacceptable in year three at UTEP. So, yeah. All right. Um, <sighs> I have a couple women's results that um to note. Um, okay. but I go. didn't watch, but um, Baylor women beat Miami, um, seventy-five to fifty-seven. This is now a team that is nine and zero on the year. This is now a mm-hmm. team that has uh we we talked before, uh the win over Utah Utah at home was impressive. Yeah, the win over yes. Oregon at home was impressive but now to do this in like a non-true home game it was in san antonio but still Mm -hmm. to get this win over ranked miami team is is big and now they go to play providence and usf before conference play starts so they'll be well tested we'll know what this team is if they go into conference play 11 and 0 i mean this is already i said it was the top 10 team in the country i mean we could be looking at like top seven the thing, honestly, is, over, the thing is, other teams don't really lose that much right now. They're not really playing too many tough – like, all the tough games I feel like are done. So it's not a lot of, like, yeah, losses yeah. in the top ten. Sure. Um, sticking on the Big 12, uh, TCU got in the rank rankings for the first time uh, this season. I believe they came in at 25th. All of a sudden, you blink, and the Big 12's kind of really good, like, a lot more deep than I realized <laughs> in, in, it. as a whole. We did it after last year where we had no Texas teams in the top 25. We got three now. Yep. And, I mean, again, I mentioned how I think Iowa State's going to be sneaky good this year, just, mm-hmm. uh, despite being young. Um, Oklahoma, like, I, I, and now TCU apparently is ranked and they're good enough to be ranked. So all of a sudden you look up and it's like, okay, what is this Big 12 looking like? I think – West Virginia is 10 and 0. I didn't even know that. Like, I just looked at that now. Like, hey, shout out um, Yeah, oh, that's, oh, God, yeah, I keep forgetting that he's there. Um, 
And then Krista Gerlich's Texas Tech is 10 and like 11 and 0. So it's like, again, they'll, I think they might be the team that maybe comes back to the pack a little bit, but yeah. still, regardless, you're entering with like seven good teams all of a sudden. And we thought maybe this would be like, I still think there are like a top two or three, but regardless, I, I didn't expect to see like Tech undefeated at this point, TCU undefeated at this point. Yeah, uh, this conference is nasty. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of TCU, TCU played Lamar. Lamar Women is my team. I don't know if you're on the bandwagon yes. too. Are you on it as well? I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on. I'm, I have a ticket. I haven't gotten right. on yet. Get a ticket. Get, get on. Get on because they played. Okay. Um, and Lamar only lost by 17 to a TCU team that we talked about has been rolling everybody. And that's not even the craziest part. There's two crazy parts here. One, Sabria Dean, 27 minutes, one of eight from the field, two points, one assist. And they still only lost. I was about to say, they still hung in there, huh? Still only lost by 17 here. Um, TCU into the game shooting uh, just 42.6%. So shout out to Lamar getting getting stops and um, hanging in there with a good TCU team. So, yeah, that's one of the rare results where both sides win ish yeah both sides win. ETU wins on the scoreboard <laughs> both sides are winners in our eyes and lamar it wins in my heart for hanging in there if you tell me sabrina dean scores two points in 27 minutes i say there's not a chance that this game was within 30 and it was within 17 so okay. shout out to okay there lamar the southland on the women's side is sneaky yeah. uh sneaky fun the men's side too southland is one of my favorite conferences this year Men's and women's, partially because Will Wade's at McNeese on the men's yes. side. But um, I've seen Southeastern. I mean, heck, LSU has played like half of the conference in its true, non-conference. True. I've seen Southeastern. I've seen uh, Northwestern State, um, Lamar. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't even go through all, uh, all through them. But, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I, do, I did want to mention that result. Okay. Uh, we had our second annual uh Zone Star State Classic, mm-hmm. uh, yep. UTSA in Houston, and Houston took the win again. And another, and I haven't watched it yet because it, it was on during the state championship, so I need to go back and watch it. But uh, it looks like it was another classic. Jeez, I sent this to you, and I was just like, "This was an absolute war right here." These are two teams that just know exactly what they are and yep. play to it every day, and. Again, we talk, we've we've hit on UTSA a lot this year. Um, they are what they are without um, um, Jordan Jenkins, but for them to, I think, hang in there with Houston and Houston mm-hmm. to get this win, I think this is another result where both teams are winners in my yeah. eyes. I'm just handing out a bunch of participation trophies today. I don't care. <laughs> Give them all trophies right now. This is the non-conference, uh, but Houston to. It feels like even when Houston scores the ball well, which yeah. is hilarious. In the first half, Houston scored 47 points. Second half, <laughs> 19. It's just like even when Houston is like feels like they're on a roll, they just yeah. stop scoring for stretches, which showed <laughs> because then the next game they lost to Washington State by 40, 50 almost. Mm. So big game, though, again, mm. Houston versus Rice tomorrow, Wednesday. So... If you okay. get that okay. Does that open up uh, AAC play for them? Don't ever disrespect Houston like that again, okay? 
Houston is in the Big That's, 12 conference. I said, did that open up AAC play? I'm oh. saying, does the Rice game open up AAC play? Well, who's in the AAC? <laughs> it's not Houston. It, well, why would Rice versus Houston open up AAC play? No, sorry. I thought you I thought you said UTSA versus Rice. My bad. Oh, okay. That's on me. That's okay. on me. That's on me. That's on me. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, oh, I don't God. ever disrespect you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just completely destroying the AC here. <laughs> um, uh, I don't. I don't know when. I don't know when. I don't know when that happens. Uh, did we look at UTSA tickets for when I'm back in San Antonio? Oh, I need the court right. side. Oh, we, we need Prairie to, View, December twenty eighth. Do that. Prairie View, December twenty eighth, seven p.m. Oh my god. Oh, it's disgusting. Do the women play? <laughs> Can I go see a woman? I don't think the women are in town. No, I, I remember checking that. Oh, we no. might have to be stuck watching, uh, watching the men. Prairie play, View versus, a- versus UTSA. Oh, that's nasty. On December twenty eighth. That's the day before I leave too. That's yeah, filthy. that's a nasty game. Courtside tickets though. I bet twenty twenty dollars. <laughs> I guarantee you, we're getting in there. <laughs> Three hours. Uh, yeah, probably. Pay us come watch that They'll pay us to go there <laughs> they will pay us to go watch that um but yeah let's set it up let's set it up we'll be there recording right. live see what we can do let's see if we can work it out see if we can do all right uh got anything else no that's it for me man okay. i gotta get back into the group of things after state so i'll be uh i'll be back next week with our with a better uh better rundown <laughs> dude i'm about to yeah i'm about to go just work for 12 straight hours on recruiting stuff for scouting yeah. and everything so that's what i'll be doing uh and that's all we got for y'all today hope you all enjoyed the episode leave a five-star rating review wherever you're listening uh subscribe to the youtube if you haven't already uh thank you all for for uh, hanging in there as we our schedule is kind of up and down for a bit but you know conference plays right around the corner so that's really where we get into our bag as the kids would say yeah. right ish into our bag um in conference place so yeah uh we will talk to y'all later